Welcome back to Happy Brain. My name is Sean Block. Thank you so much for being here. This is the show where we talk about those tips and techniques to make your brain a little happier. And I'm grateful for your time that you're spending with us today. We're going down under and we're talking to Jem Fuller. He's an author. He wrote the book, The Art of Conscious Communication for Thoughtful Men. And we have some thoughtful communication, especially on taking 1% action on little things to improve your overall well-being. And we talked about little things like affirmations and meditations and things like that. But it's taking those tiny microscopic steps, the 1% steps as Jim talks about, to improve your health. And one of the things that we also talk about that I really related to is when you're trying to, to improve something in your life, if you focus too much on the end goal and you forget the little steps along the way, you're going to miss those feelings you get when you are in progress, when you're on the journey to something. For example, if you're trying to lose a lot of weight, that's a big goal. That's way out in the distance. But if you focus on how you're feeling along as you're going, it can make a big difference. You decide how you want to feel as you're going through it and taking those little steps will guide you. And so you don't get to that de destination and say, okay, I'm done, wash my hands, and then just run away from it. It's finding that path, that journey along the way. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Jen Fuller. Welcome to another. You were talking about, you know, like the 1% better and, um, and all the different things that you can do. And it just kind of hit me. I was thinking about there's so many techniques and so many practical things you can do, but there's so much why behind it. Like what is what is driving the need even to get better? I mean, that's kind of a simple question, silly question, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I can tell you, you need to meditate more. You need to do this more. You need to sleep better. You need to eat better. Yes, yes. But is there some things that can ignite that for us that can like you get us even started you know down that road any yeah. thoughts on that i just throwing it out there yeah i mean it's pretty simple like if if we had in one hand we had a magic potion that could make your life easier right that you that that, that if you if you take this potion you'll spend more of your life content and satisfied and, and happy and joyful than not or in the other hand we've got a potion where your life gets harder and and you suffer more and um, life's more unpleasant. I mean, which one would you take? Right? Of course, you'd take the potion that gives you, <laughs> makes your life a bit easier, right? Makes your life a little bit happier. That's we all want that. Um, I just think that it's elusive, and there's so much noise out there in terms of how to achieve that. Um, and yeah, you, you're right, Sean. I think that also there needs to be if we're going to create some habitual change in our life, then there needs to be a, we, there needs to be something that creates leverage that we can leverage ourselves into creating that habitual change because our ego, our sense of identity wants to um, stay the way things are. The, the ego resists change because the change is unknown and potentially dangerous. And our ego is trying to keep us safe. Bless your cotton socks ego. I love you. Um, so we are very invested in keeping things the way they are. We don't like to create new habitual changes. So for me, it really had to be, um, I had to get to a point of crisis in my life where it was like, whoa, dude, you got to make some changes, mm. you know, and not big, massive changes, although they happened as well. I didn't choose them. They kind of just happened. 
but little incremental 1% habits that that you can do each day. And once they become habitual, it's not a chore. It's just what you do, but they're good for you and they make life easier. What was like your entree, so to speak, into like personal development or self-improvement or whatever you want to call it? What were some of the first things that you tried to get 1% better or something like that? Some of the first things that I tried? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in this recent chapter, so this recent chapter, I'm going to call the last 10 years because pre, I'm, I just turned 52 last week uh, when I was in my early 40s. I was lucky enough to experience what people call that midlife crisis. Uh, for me, it was more like a midlife opportunity, mm. <laughs> a midlife awakening. And prior to that, in, in the decades of, of my life prior to that, I've always been interested in human behavior and, and self-development to some degree. I've always been fascinated in you know, why things are the way they are and what can I do to be involved in life, et cetera. Uh, but, but in this recent chapter, the, the, to answer your question, the little 1% things that I started to introduce, affirmation, so positive language affirmations around the beliefs I want to create and putting that on high repeat. So that's over the last 10 years become habitual for me. I have affirmations I say every morning. Meditation. So I, I really felt called out by a keynote speaker at a mindful global mindful leader forum in Sydney here in Australia. And this guy said a couple of things and I, and I felt like he was speaking to me Mm. and he said, know the work. He was talking about meditation, but do the work. And I heard him speaking to me because I was a leadership. I am a leadership coach. I was then at the time too. And I was prescribing meditation to my clients, but I didn't have a daily practice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, geez, Jim, there's no integrity in that, mate. You got you to gotta start. So mindfulness meditation is my preferred mm. uh, form of meditation. Um, and then in, in recent times, uh, things like there's a supplement that I use called Athletic Greens, AG1, and it's a super, super greens supplement that's every morning. Uh, recently, I'll be, I don't know if you've been listening to the Huberman Lab podcast. I haven't recently, but I know who he is, yes. Yeah, so so um, the Huberman Lab, uh, he he makes neuroscientific understandings of human health available and accessible mm. to us. Uh, so I quite like his podcast. And one of the ideas I got from that, at the end of last year was at the end of my shower in the morning to have, you know, 60 seconds of full blast cold. Um, it gets really cold where I am too. So cold <laughs> water in the in winter is really cold, but that just gets all the dopamine going and the adrenaline going. And then I'm doing my affirmations in a dopamine peak state because the neurology nice. wires together faster and the plasticity is, is heightened. Um, so that's, that's some of the, some of the, Oh, and the, the last one, Sean, that I introduced about, uh, nine years ago, I created a habit of pausing throughout the day. So literally just pause for a few seconds, take a breath, and then continue. And I created that habit by linking it to other habits. So for example, next to my coffee machine, there's a little, there was a little sticky note saying pause. Next to my toothbrush in the bathroom, pause. On the front door, on the inside of the front door before leaving the house, pause, right? Mm. And so as those, as the new pause habit became associated with existing habits, then you don't need the sticky note anymore. So every time I go to my coffee machine, guess what I do? Pause, mm. take a breath. Yes, that, that is, does that give you the opportunity to like 
just all of a sudden just step out of your day, your mind's spinning, you're doing all this stuff and just kind of, okay, recenter yourself, feet on the ground. Yep. Is that yep. what it does for you? Yep. It's so powerful, dude. It's become like a little micro recalibration mm. back to my place of equanimity, mm. back to my calm center. That's what it's become. Mm. And, you know, because for, for most of us, we wake up in the morning and we hit snooze on the alarm and then we drag ourselves out of bed and we're juggling kids and work and getting the day ready. And then you're off and you're off to work and one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And then you get home and you get the kids fed and you get them into bed and then you clean the dishes. And then maybe you sit down in front of Netflix and go, uh, um, drink a glass of wine and then crawl to bed and get up the next day and do the whole thing all over again. Mm. Right. That's, that's normal. And so these little pause moments throughout the day are just like these little earmark moments throughout the day to take a breath, come back into the, the present moment, little mindfulness exercise, and your whole system goes from sympathetic nervous system, fight, flight, action on, mm. and you drop back down into your parasympathetic nervous system, calm, centered, and clear, and then you continue. It's it's one of my favorite habits that I've created. I really, really like the way you frame that so simple as pause. I mean, I do like some deep breathing and it's just finding that trigger, like you said, to do that. And I think the habit stacking, like you were mentioning, is kind of a yeah. popular thing to do. It's like when you brush your teeth, say an affirmation or yeah. say a grateful, gratefulness or something like that. Um, I've been doing this weird one. Uh, do you know who Mel Robbins is? Yes, She's, yeah, I do. Right? So she has this thing where you, uh, when you're brushing your teeth in the morning is to give yourself a high five, you know, uh -huh. like giving yourself a <laughs> high five in the mirror. So my mirror, if you look at my mirror, has a big has a dark stain on it because we're doing that. But the idea is when you brush your teeth or wash your face in the morning, you just kind of do that action. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think those are all like so important to get, get habit based and do something or, yeah. And I always tell people like, find like one thing, at least one thing you can do every day. Like, even if you slip on other things, one thing you can keep doing, like I journal almost every day and that really helps. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My partner and I have formed a habit of the first thing we say to each other, I'm I'm not going to say every morning because there might be some mornings when we don't, but it's 99% of the mornings. The first thing we say to each other is today is a great day. Right? You're setting the stage. That's that set the stage. And now that doesn't mean that every day is a great day. There are days that are not so great. Okay. But the research, there was a Ted talk on this and they did some research where they got two groups of people one group, they just stayed the same. The other group had to just start start the day by saying today is a great day every morning. And they measured their well-being and their sense of contentment and happiness and these other things. The group that started by saying today is a great day, they were, their sense of well-being went up. They were happier in general, right? And my partner and I say to each other, it's free. It doesn't cost anything right. to just say that, you know? And sometimes she's she's really cute. Sometimes she'll go to me, not very often, but sometimes she'll go, you know, if, if it's a struggle morning, she'll go, today's a great day, even if it doesn't feel like it yet. Yes. I hear you. Well, they, yeah, you hear about studies where people, the opposite, where people like list, they've had people listen to news or read news or things in the yeah. morning and their whole yeah. day is just shifted yeah. and, oh, and, and then watching the and news. watching the news cycles can be really just dangerous. Oh, and stuff addictive too. and dangerous and negative. I think one of your specialties, and you can tell me, cause uh, I've read a little about you, but conversations are so important to you. And we just talked about it just a second ago in the beginning. And I know that's a big part of what you do. I'm thinking, and one topic to talk about is in, in our world, people are just struggling for connection, struggling for like just any connection. Um, I was just on a call yeah. 
with a woman and we were talking about how do we can spark connections and things like that. That was our phone call. She has this method that she does, but is that something like, how can we start getting out of this loneliness cycle and start connecting more with people? And once we do, how do we start talking? Like, what do we, how do we start with that? Yeah. What a, what a great um, topic for conversation. Well, first of all, you know, something that we've studied as well. I love, I love reading research on, you know, different psychological studies of people, even for introverts. So introverts who are people where they might, the idea of walking up to a stranger and going, hi, how are you going? The, the idea of, of doing that to an introvert is like, no, nah, the, pay, the payoff is not going to be worth it. The energy and the effort for me to get into my uncomfort zone and to go up to that stranger and just say, hi, is not worth the trade-off. Extroverts, a bit more like, oh yeah, I'll say hello, whatever, give it a crack. Um, but the research shows that even for an introvert, when they do smile at a stranger walking down the street and they both have a moment of smiling and acknowledging a stranger, the the um, the physiological benefits afterwards of how good you feel, the the, the dopamine and the different you know neurochemicals that are mm -hmm. flowing through your system, actually you feel better than you did before. So the trade off actually still works even for introverts. Wow. So it, it it is actually healthy for you to acknowledge a stranger with a smile. Wow. Um, we know that, which is cool. So then it's like, well, how do I do that? And if I start talking to a stranger, I don't know what to say. What do I say? So how do how do you do it well if you don't if you're not the sort of person who wants to go out to a bar or a, a public place and just walk up to strangers there's lots of groups that have been set up specifically for this purpose there are connection groups but then what do i talk about here's the golden tip make it all about the other person hmm. just make it all about the other person just be really curious about them ask them about them ask them you know, why do they come to this community group and what do they get out of it? And how did they get here? And hey, I'd love to know a bit of your story. What brought you to this place in your life? You know, just ask them questions about them. And then you don't have to talk about yourself, which is because you feel awkward about it. Sure. But the other thing too, is that's a really good way of building rapport, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, there's some tips. No, 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 for sure. For sure. Um, have you seen in a lot of the work that you do now, like there been a more emphasis on mental health, on yeah. programs for developing, you know, mental health here yeah. in the States. I, I definitely see it in, in yeah. the organizations that I work with for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Massively. And that was one of the benefits to come out of the, the, you know, obviously the global pandemic was a horrible thing and, and horrible for lots of people. However, there's always some things that come out of it. Right. And one of the benefits was that people's well-being, mental health and well-being got pushed right onto that table in the boardroom where they couldn't avoid that item on the risk register anymore. They yeah. couldn't just tick a box and say, yeah, yeah, we had someone do a meditation thing a couple of years ago. They had to go, wow, this is actually a real risk for us as an organization. And we actually need to care about our people and their well-being." So that was a benefit to come out of it. And yeah, man, I've, I've noticed a big shift in it over here as well. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And you said you've always been well, you didn't say that, but you always kind of had a foot in, in the spiritual world and always curious and caring and stuff. Did yeah. Since you're, you had your experiences 10 years ago, you said you had your midlife crisis. Um, how much are, are you a different person or are you just living differently? Did you, did you shift a lot or just kind of have some realizations? Yeah. yeah look, I'm the same person and I'm a different person. 
you know i've got the same past i just have different or less attachment to it i am the same person but I, my deeper deeper core beliefs around myself and how i fit are different because i changed them you know my my primary core belief prior to this crisis was that i'm not good enough mm. and that was so subconscious i wasn't even aware of it but it was playing out in my experience of living and what i was attracting to me and and how i was distorting the information from around me to match my belief that i wasn't enough how i was sabotaging any potential success all because of this deeper belief mm. so i went to work and did the work i couldn't just click my fingers and change that neural pattern i had to wake up every morning and put it on high repeat that i'm enough you know that i've that i've got all the bits and bobs that i need to live a good life and um you know etc but really just that that belief that i am good enough um and so once i changed that my experience of being me really completely changed mm. you know my life really did change in order to get there you started to do the work and you started to do the things that you were talking about in the beginning right the 1% things all these different things so i think it's so encouraging yeah. for people listening to know you know you might not know might not know exactly where you're going to be but if you start taking these steps, yeah, it, it's going to lead to something. It's going to lead to hopefully not a midlife crisis, but maybe getting over a midlife crisis, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's that feeling like that there's something more out there and you you don't know what it is unless you start, start taking some steps. So I really appreciate the idea of you know taking some small steps. If it's doing a simple affirmation or whatever it is, yeah, um, it, that's really yeah. And, and taking the steps, taking the steps, trying to trying to take your focus off some potential long-term outcome that you're aiming for try to take your attention off that and come back and go hang on why am i doing these affirmations in the morning why am i going to meditate right now before i go to work why am i going to do some exercise because this is the type of person that i want to choose to be today mm. now yes it's going to of course it's going to determine who i become in the future but i if I if I'm hanging on to some long term outcome, you know, like um, James Clear says in his book about atomic habits, if you're right. on a diet because you're trying to get to a particular weight, well, you'll either get there and or not, and in the meantime, you'll feel shit about the diet. And if you do get there, once you've got there, you've achieved your goal, and so then you start eating crap again, right? Or he says, do you look at the salad or the burger? And you go, no, 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 I want to eat a salad now because this is the type of person that I want to be in this moment. I mm. want to be someone who cares about myself enough to eat some healthy food or do some exercise or meditate or do an affirmation. So, yeah, I think it's the one percenters are important because of how they make you feel today. Who are you choosing really, to be today? I really like that. The idea is like along those lines when you're trying to lose weight, it takes a long time to get there, you know, but you can feel better every day. You can feel a little bit better yeah. immediately in three days. And if you focus on that along with, you know, who I want to be, you have more of a chance of long-term success because you like the way you're feeling. And yeah. it's not just about the outcome. Because like, like you said, the outcome, I got there, the race is over. I'm going to yeah. go eat a hamburger now, right? Yeah. <laughs> with fries. Oh, that sounds <laughs> Large so good. size. Sounds yeah. so good. <laughs> well, is there anything else that, that you wanted to share with us as we kind of wrap up? You've we talked about a lot of good, healthy habits and and a lot of changes of thinking. Is there anything else that you want to share with us before we kind of wrap it up? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd love to just quickly touch on, you know, what is a functional sense of identity, you know, which is our ego. We, we Obviously, we need to have an ego. We've all got one. So, so apparently, we're supposed to have one because we've got one. And our ego is our sense of who we think we are, right? Now, we quite often enmesh that sense of identity in transitory things. I'm so-and-so's husband or wife. I'm, um, I'm a bus driver or I'm a coach or I'm a piano player or I'm a surfer or whatever it is. We identify with these things outside of us and those things come and go. So you can have identity crisis when you get arthritis and you can't play the piano anymore and you identify it as a pianist, right? So rather than identifying on these transitory things, I've found it really helpful to create my sense of identity around what are my core values and who do I choose to be? What's, what's my character? What sort of a person do I choose to be? So my sense of identity is that I'm a kind, caring, compassionate, loving, action-taking man. That's my sense of identity. Now, no one can take that away from me. I can choose to be that every day. You know, So my sense of identity feels safe. You know, I don't feel like, and when you, and when your sense of identity feels safe, you don't feel threatened. You don't need to be so defensive. You know, we get very defensive over our sense of identity and we are, sorry, I'm going on a little bit of a ramble. I know, but we identify with our concepts and our ideas and our politics and our ideology, you know, like I am a pro-choice or, or, or I am a pro-lifer or I'm an anti-vaxxer or I'm a pro-vaxxer or I am a blue or I am a red. We identify with these ideas, right? And so then when someone challenges the idea, we take it very personally and we get very, very defensive and our life doesn't feel so good. Mm. So rather than identifying with the ideas, sure, you can have ideas on how you think things should be. Just remember to to Give yourself a little bit of a, a a space between who you are as a as a character, as an individual, as a person, and your ideas, right? Because the less defensive you are, the easier your life becomes. Well, you've just you've explained why, at least in the states, I'm sure in Australia too, there's such polarizations, there's such hatred because people are attacking who you are, your identity, yeah. right? Yeah. If we just look past that, who the actual person is, and you didn't, you know, if somebody called you, whatever. Uh, yeah. Whatever names or whatever you're doing, they don't like. That's just, yeah. there's such an, a reaction and anger. Yeah. When yeah. you don't need to have that if you, no, you don't need to identify. So <laughs> life, life gets so much easier the less defensive you are um, and the more curious you become. You know, if someone is vehemently expressing an opposing idea to yours, to just take a breath and, you know, maybe come to a little bit of curiosity. Maybe a pause. Maybe a pause. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you've given us a lot to think of. Uh, been great talking to you. Yeah, it's been lovely um, having a conversation with you and nice to meet you. And um, thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.